pasando el trapo sobre la mesa y está. In Sacramento, they're crafting bills to protect otherwise law-abiding undocumented immigrants from any Trump administration mass deportation plans. Janet Napolitano, the president of the UC system, has pledged to defend any students here illegally and will make sure that campus cops know it. Cities like Chicago, New York, and San Francisco have been doing the same, some of them for years. In Los Angeles, Mayor Eric Garcetti's three-year-old Office of Immigrant Affairs is finding its services even more in demand, and the woman who runs it, Linda Lopez, is figuring out what the new administration will mean to her work. No importa si fue taxista allá en su tierra natal. What kind of programs are we talking about that your office offers? So we have several programs that help support the integration of immigrants here in the city. One includes citizenship. We've promoted citizenship for a very long time to help people naturalize, and we see value in that because we know that when people go through that process, their earnings are higher, and they're able to also access other kinds of opportunities within the economic system. What has been going on that's different in your office since the election on November 8th? One of the things that we realized very quickly is that a lot of immigrants are very fearful right now. There's a lot of anxiety in the community about what's going to happen to them under a Trump administration. And so part of my job has been to quickly bring together these organizations to assess what their concerns are. Uh, we, for example, met with students a couple weeks ago at Roosevelt High. Some of these students are DACA students or their parents are undocumented. Meaning what, DACA? Uh, they're, they're actually people who qualify for President Obama's Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. And so these are young people that are able to access work permits and are able to access a higher education system and they're, part of, they're also part of our school system. When the mayor met with them, it was very clear that they're very fearful also for their families uh, and their parents. They worry about mass deportations. Uh, L.A. is the epicenter for a lot of our undocumented population. In, this, in the county, one of every 10 people is undocumented, so that's essentially 1 million people in the county. And in the city, we have approximately 500,000 people who are undocumented. And so these policies that uh, Trump has advocated for will impact the city in very profound ways. One of the telling narratives that uh, one of the young people shared uh, recently with us is the fact that, you know, they, they don't know what to do, and so they're preparing for the worst. A lot of these kids are very fearful that their parents may leave any day and that the federal government will come into their homes and basically pick them up and round them up. That's a very, very real feeling in the community and with these students that that have shared these stories of, you know, what's going to happen to me, but what's going to happen to my parents or what's going to happen to my family. One of the things that we're really focused on right now is pulling together all of our legal nonprofits to be able to tell families and individuals who need to have legal assistance to go to these trusted organizations so that they can get that information. And we coordinate a lot of those services, uh, with not only with the immigrant rights groups, but with legal service providers, with foundations. Uh, we've had a really great success uh, with our foundation partners and philanthropy and in, in supporting the integration of immigrants here in the city. 
So it's a broader coalition with our faith communities. They've also really stepped up. They want to know how they can help. We have a lot of people who have really good, compassionate hearts that want to do something really positive for for these communities. Uh, They also need reassurances. Really, first and foremost, it's really reassuring reassuring the community not to be fearful, not to create panic, not to create hysteria. We are a welcoming city. We are a city that is diverse. We've always welcomed immigrants to the city. They are an asset. They are contributors. With our law enforcement in particular, Mayor Garcetti has also made it a point to say, we're going to protect you. So we have set up a, a website, stepforward.lacity.org, and that is a place where you can obtain all sorts of information. Have you seen since the election an increase in people who want to get their green cards and people who have green cards who want to become citizens? One of the things we are encouraging people to do is to apply for citizenship immediately if they haven't done so, if they're eligible and they're lawful permanent residents. We want them to apply now because we know that even though there might be a change in an administration, that particular policy and that particular program of becoming a citizen will continue. And we're seeing that people basically see this as a way to protect their rights. Mayor Garcetti still hasn't called L.A. a sanctuary city. Does that make a difference for you, for your job? You know, it really doesn't at this point. I think uh, we get caught up a lot on the definition of what a sanctuary city is. And in fact, there really isn't any real legal definition to the term. Uh, I think it's been used in some ways by certain groups to say, oh, you know, cities like L.A. or New York and other cities are harboring, you know, criminals and we're not necessarily complying with federal law enforcement. It's not really about what we call ourselves. It's really about what we're doing. Special Order 40 was instituted under Police Chief Daryl Gates in 1979, essentially saying to law enforcement, you're not going to stop people and ask them their immigration status. And Recently, Chief Charlie Beck has also stopped giving to the federal government any information regarding the immigration status of people who are in custody in Los Angeles. Do I have that right? Yes, that's correct. So, so in effect, you're saying that the Los Angeles Police Department, like the city, is saying to the federal government, that's not going to wash here. How does that work in practice? What happens if ICE shows up and says, here's our order? There is a firm commitment both by our mayor and also by Chief Beck to continue to hold on to those policies. We want to make sure that people report crimes. You know, we want to make sure that immigrants who sometimes fear the law actually say when they're a witness of a crime that they will report that and that they will share that information with our local law enforcement department. This policy is really an extension of making sure that our community-based policing model works and that we have safer communities. Uh, I think Special Order 40 is uh, something that really is distinguishes as a city from other cities. Uh, we still comply with federal law enforcement. Uh, so, for example, uh, on the issue of ICE detainers, from a constitutional standpoint, it was found that it was unconstitutional to hold people even though, you know, they may be have some kind of, for example, their status may be legal or not legal. And we know that now in terms of cooperation with ICE, we need to make sure that uh, there is either a judicial order or a warrant for somebody's arrest in order for us to cooperate. And so it's really a, a 
uh, constitutional decision that impacted all of these different cities and localities when it came to ICE detainers. Mayor Garcetti had a conversation with Donald Trump. Do you know what happened in that conversation vis-a-vis immigration in Los Angeles? So I think the the conversation was primarily about infrastructure and the Olympics. Uh, I don't have any of the specific details on the immigration issue. One of the things that the mayor has continually advocated for throughout his administration is that we need to be sure that we integrate our immigrants here locally uh, because they are an asset. And so D- did he say that to Donald Trump? No, you know? he didn't. Mm-hmm. But I think, um, you know, part of our conversation around immigration generally has been that the city of L.A. is that welcoming place. But I suspect that, um, you know, because we're going to be severely impacted, that that it was a point or an issue that the, the mayor did want to talk about with uh, the newly elected president. The city gets about a half billion dollars in federal funding just this year which is about homelessness or port security, a lot of issues. Are there any concerns about how a new administration is going to affect funding? I think that's a very important first step when we're looking at uh, the anticipated, this anticipated idea that we would lose all this money um, if we were in some way um, you know, non-compliant with federal law enforcement. We still have to wait and see. Have you heard whether people have changed their behavior because of the election? Yes, I think we see that a lot in the workplace. I think there are a lot of people that are fearful that there will be uh, raids. Should I, you know, go to my workplace and should I, you know, tell my employer, you know, about my status? I think we're also seeing uh, issues in the school system where parents have told their kids, you know, make sure you pack your bags because we don't know if we're going to be here. People that are impacted or could potentially be impacted are really starting to change their behavior and maybe don't want to, you know, go outside anymore, fear that they may get stopped by law enforcement. So even in a place like L.A., we're hearing of different stories and different people telling us, you know, this is how I'm feeling. And is the LAPD working with you on that? And how is that? Is that workshop? We uh, are going to roll out with LAPD uh, some community town halls that will also, that LAPD will spearhead And the idea is uh, community engagement forums so that they also know that LAPD can answer any of their questions so that they know that they shouldn't be fearful of of LAPD. You went to Mexico with the mayor. What were you hearing there about the sorts of things your office is dealing with? The trip focused mostly on climate, uh, but of course, because L.A. is is the second largest city with the most Mexican population in the world, uh, these conversations obviously came up, and they were central in many cases in some of the meetings that that we had, um, particularly with the foreign minister of Mexico, uh, where they're very concerned, too, in terms of, you know, what do we do with our bilateral relationship around immigration? And how can they be helpful also in terms of making sure that they calm fears of families and relatives in their own home country? Uh, And the mayor, of course, uh, did reiterate to the foreign minister that, you know, we're here to help support uh, immigrants here in the city. And let's find ways that we can build more relationships. Uh, Your office doesn't make a distinction between people who are here legally and people who are not here legally. But... The U.S. government does. Obviously, the campaign did. 
How do you make the case to people, including people of goodwill, who voted in many cases in this election because they said it's not fair to jump the line? The reason why we don't distinguish between people is because that's really what America is about. It's really about a welcoming place. It's really about the American dream. It's really about success. And I think one of the beauties of the city of L.A. is that with all these differences and variations of people that come here, we all get along. Why would we distinguish between documented or undocumented? There are neighbors. There are, there are people that take care of our kids. There are people that take care of our mom and our dad. These are hardworking people, and they come here also just like anyone else to make that dream a reality. We should be focused on, on that and not, you know, whether or not they jump the line or not. Mayor Garcetti tells the story of his grandfather being brought here as a child. Do you have a family story that resonates, too, like that? I do. I do. So I was born in Los Angeles. My parents immigrated here in the 1960s from Ecuador. And I know people who are listening or reading are saying, did they come here with visas? They did, actually. They came here with visas. My mom came here by herself with my sister when my sister was seven years old. Uh, My mom came here at the age of 27, not knowing anybody, um, and made a life for herself, met my father here, um, and had my brother and I as well. So I think it's the quintessential American story of two people that come from a place outside of the U.S. who meet here, have kids, and then created opportunities for their children and created opportunities for themselves. And they're the ones who have lived it, and now we get to live it as their children. Linda Lopez, Burning the Midnight Oil, is director of the city's Office of Immigration Affairs. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Pat Morrison Asks is produced for the Los Angeles Times by Pat Morrison. It's edited and engineered by Todd G. Levin. The music is Ice, El Yellow, by the L.A.-based band La Santa Cecilia. I am Pat Morrison.